Welcome to No Plans to Merge, the podcast where we discuss the real problems facing developers today. I'm Daniel Colburn. And I'm Caleb Porzio. <sighs> um, <sighs> Decol. Yes, sir. The real reason I had this call with you uh-huh. is to talk about open source drama. I love it. <laughs> open source drama and open source moral dilemmas. Mm-hmm. And just open source in general. Mm-hmm. So, D. Cole, have mm-hmm. you, did you follow at all the latest Laravel open source drama? When, how recent? Like was today this or drama? yesterday. I did not follow Okay. It. The ENV stuff, like Getty ENV? Nope. No? Okay. I, can I fill you in? Please do. In short, in short, it's... um. There, and I, I don't know the issue deeply, but Laravel... So you know how you access uh, an environment uh, variable with... You can use the... I forget what they're called, but like the magic global thing. You know how like PHP has like underscore get and underscore post? Yes. Like the magic global things. Yep. Yeah. There's underscore ENV where you can access mm-hmm. environment variables. Um, there's also a function in PHP called get ENV that you can use yes. to get... ENV. Um, and in Laravel 5.7 and before, you can use get ENV to access environment variables you set in your .env file. Okay. Right? Like this, the .env system just puts all that stuff in global PHP stuff so you can access it with get ENV. So Laravel did something in 5.8 that broke that. And now you it recommends that, that um, like non laravel packages like normal php packages would either have to use laravel's env helper which is unrealistic i didn't say that but that's kind of an option or um or the user would have to set the environment variable outside of the env file in like why is it unrealistic to use the env helper well like a non laravel package that might not even know that laravel exists you know yeah so Again, I don't understand the, the everything fully, but the basic idea is that Laravel changed something, or maybe it changed in .env and they upgraded to .env 3.0 or something, the package. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And that now effectively like broke a bunch of non-Laravel packages. Um, so there was kind of, there was an issue raised about this that's like, hey, and then um some of the Laravel maintainers went back and forth and it eventually got closed because it got heated. Um, so, which was crazy. Like, you know, it, like somebody was like, all right, things are getting toxic. I'm closing this down. And then mm-hmm. people reacted against that and were like, that's crazy. You shouldn't do like, they were really mad about that. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not listening. It's a real issue. Yeah. You can't just, who could, who could have predicted that a bunch of people who were already toxic and screaming at each other would get, <laughs> more mad when someone told them to stop doing that yeah right so uh i'll be completely unbiased i'm not gonna uh-huh. say that they were or weren't toxic because i don't actually have a huge opinion on it um i i don't think there was really anybody in in the wrong wrong well i'll, I'll hold my opinions i'll just hold them um i i don't want to take a dump on either the people who were being considered hot-headed or whatever and I don't want to take a dump on the people who said they were hot-headed, you know? Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so so the issue got closed, and that caused sort of an uproar. And then it got reopened, and then there was a big apology from 
some from a Laravel maintainer, big apology and sort of like, sorry, I, you know, prematurely closed this, didn't understand the, the issue, but, but they, they kind of wanted to go about the discussion peacefully. So they, the, sure. the maintainer felt that things were getting unpeaceful and like just kind of more harmful and we'll say toxic, but I don't think they said that. Um, and so they were like, all right, we're not, we're ending this discussion. They actually said like, you can open another issue and we can talk about this, you know, more calmly and peacefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's closed for now. And so that caused an uproar. So I guess there's just so, and then eventually a fix was, it was changed. So, so Laravel in 5.8 point, whatever now like undid this problem. And now, okay. now it's all good again. But there's some very specific like PHP geeky things about like Getty and V's bad for non-threading or for like thread safety and you know, the global ENV is better or whatever. But there's tons of, of like little minute uh, minutia around this. But um, but it's kind of a huge deal. And there were lots of people who were. And then there's a giant monologue in there somewhere where somebody's calling out, of course, the Laravel elite and is like, mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is, you know, in references, all these other issues where something gets completely shot down because the Laravel elite mentality, because it doesn't align with the Laravel elite mentality and all right. the quote unquote Laravel elite that have their their support from their like buddies and they just decide what they want to hear and what they don't. And then they just shut people out and move forward um, without listening, you know. Right. Um, so these these are real issues in the Laravel uh I don't want to say ecosystem in, in the Laravel, um, I don't know, GitHub, it, in the open source part of Laravel, you know, yep. that. Um, initial impressions. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Right? Like, it sounds like the type of thing that happens. Um, yeah. I think it happens a lot. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it's exclusive to laravel um i think laravel elite like if you look at like rails or something right there's like more people who are like on the core team you know yeah sure and there's more people who could like decide to merge that issue sure or merge a pull request yeah right yeah um it's a broader support team yeah you know and there's like more people involved and they're probably back channeling this before like before handling like a big controversial issue like this yeah right um whereas in laravel all that really needs to happen is that taylor needs to make a call and then it happens or doesn't happen right sure right um and obviously taylor has other people on the repo who have the ability to uh you know deal with pull requests taylor's not the only person who like can close things and yep. all that stuff and uh, but largely like taylor's opinion is the opinion that matters for sure um he and is no plans to merge <laughs> that's correct and i think the uh the reason that laravel elite gets thrown around so much is that like people feel sometimes unable to sway taylor Mm-hmm. right um and then they see that there's other people who are able to get things done um right get things merged or get the framework changed in various ways yeah. um and i think the baseline assumption is that the reason that happens is that they're friends with taylor yeah gotcha um and because 
we have a monolithic community essentially right that like there's there's the one guy at the top who makes the decision uh those types of things are gonna keep happening i think right uh now you can make the decision to say like well the benefits of having like a unified vision for the framework and the you know the whole rant i did in the first episode that everyone loved um that all of the reasons that I felt that way about Laravel and that I got the warm fuzzies from Laravel right, were because, because of, of the sort the, of singleness of purpose. The benevolent dictator. Yeah, and like that that's something that you can't design by committee. Right? Yeah, sure. Like it has to come from a, a specific person in their aesthetic. Somebody who can so, defend those like very serious trade offs that most people would see yeah. would see like unreasonable well, and like, in isolation or and like the whole value of an opinionated framework is that like it's got an opinion you know and so if you start bringing if you start adding too many brains then you can never solidify on like one opinion for the opinionated framework yeah right? i i think th- i think this is the part where i play devil's advocate uh-huh i, I think i'm going to assume devil's advocate just just to explore this this concept so, like, when is the point where Laravel is so ubiquitous that, you know, it's... Is is it the most popular PHP framework? It's got to be, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, most popular PHP framework, people, you know... Well, are, I mean, not necessarily in, in terms of downloads, because every Laravel download also downloads things from Symfony. So, any time there are any Symfony downloads that don't include Laravel, Symfony would pull ahead, right? Oh, I got you right. Yeah, yeah. If there's one, one yeah. person using Symphony, Symphony is more popular than Laravel. Right, because right. Laravel downloads Symphony. Yeah. Um, right. So, so if it's so it's so popular, ubiquitous, uh, we're selling it. You know, like Taylor's selling it. Like people want other people to use the framework. Like mm-hmm. we we write. There's an O'Reilly book. There's you know there's there's uh, people who are saying like no no Laravel's not for pet projects. It's for everything. And you should use it in your big company. Um, so get all this mass adoption. And then somebody raises a very real issue that breaks a bunch of things. Um, and and then someone, you know, now it's one guy who, let's say, doesn't fully understand the issue and then shuts it down. Um, totally. Right. And then the whole community is impacted. Um, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there at some point there's some... Where's the responsibility? Like Taylor built this. He donated a bunch of his time, right? It's like him. He did it. But now there's a bunch of other people who donated a bunch of their time and a bunch of people right. who rely on it and depend on it. And now there's a, a elevated responsibility. So for him to have to like keep that in mind and balance that has got to be crazy. Like Right. Well, I mean, so like the classic open source answer is like make a fork. Yeah, right. You're right. Right. Like, theoretically, that's built into the open source paradigm that we always have but, the ability to fork Laravel. Right. Yeah. But in this particular instance, right, like it sounds like the original sort of issue closer was wrong and the backlash community was right. Yeah, uh, yeah. When it comes down to like what should have happened right. to the code base. And, and they right? understand that and publicly apologized. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. everything has sort of come around to yeah, that. Every, yep. But go on. Yep. But I, I guess the, the issue I have is that like that can happen anywhere. Issues get mistakenly closed on repos all the time. Yeah. I've closed issues that shouldn't have been closed before. Yeah. Sure. 
uh, for a while, people were reporting the same issue to me over and over again and just failing to give me any way to reproduce it. Yeah. In Ziggy. And I closed like five issues in the same day that were all reporting an issue that clearly existed because people were having it. And you, you know? closed them. I closed them because like they had been open for like two weeks and I was like, please tell me how to do this. Interesting. You know? And I was just like, all right, if no one's going to like, if no one's going to come tell me how to do these things, I'm going to close them. Yeah. Yeah. I get and I, I closed them with comment that said like, please reopen if you have reproduction instructions. Right. 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 You know? Yeah. But uh, it's rough. There, the that's. I mean, this is the stuff I want to get into because I, I, I feel this on the daily, or I'll say, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not open sourcing every single day, but, mm-hmm. um, but at least once or twice a week, I'm sort of like going through all my repos and ad- addressing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is that question of like, when do you close an issue, and how how far do you go with something you can't easily reproduce, or something that somebody gave you insufficient you know, information. And so if you can't, I, I actually messaged Jeff way about this once. Cause I, I thought like mix has to be the worst repository to ever maintain ever. Like I, I, I was just, we've talked about this, but better PHP unit being a VS code extension, there's like issues on windows and stuff and yep. Linux and, and, you know, maybe not Linux, but at least windows that I can't reproduce. People use Docker with it. I can't reproduce mm-hmm. that. I don't use Docker. They use Codeception with it. I can't use, I don't use Codeception. I'm not going to test yeah. it with that. So it's like, I could pull, pull it down, use, you know, test it in Docker, test it in SSH, test it in SSH in Docker, test it in Codeception, test it in Windows. I could do all that. Um, but I'm not, wi- so I guess the initial question is like, do I pull in code that I'm not willing to maintain? I don't know. There's just so many questions, but the question right. that, that I think I, I was sort of wanting to explore that you touched on is like, how far do you go to try to reproduce an issue? And if it can't be easily reproduced and you, do you close the issue or do you leave it open for somebody else to, you know, like what's the benefit of closing the issue outside of just like checking a to do, you know? Uh, largely, I think the benefit of closing an issue is like, to me, it tells, like, I use the issues to tell me what needs to be done on the framework. Or not on the framework. On the, yeah. My thing's not a framework. It's a, <laughs> it's a plugin. But, yeah. um, but like, you know, that's what I use issues for. Is like, this tells me, like, what work do I have to do on this, right? Yeah. Like, I very much use it as, like, my list of to-dos for my open source repo. Okay. Right? And so... When I see a problem, I make an issue, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And it communicates to the community these are the things that are coming up as far as work goes. Okay. Right. Yep. And so I like I use tags on my issues. I say which ones are in progress. I say which ones are bugs. Yeah. Um, I say which ones I'm like looking for help with. You know. Yeah. Um. And so if there's like a bunch of issues sitting in there that are all the same thing, um, I go to the ones that are the least helpful and I say, this is a duplicate of this. Yep. Right. And then the most helpful one, I'm like, I can't do it. This is now the canonical version of this issue. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. If an issue lives for too long without any reproductions, I've pushed versions of Ziggy since then. I don't know if the issue still exists. I don't know if it's been fixed. Sure. I can't I never was able to reproduce it. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I was thinking I s- like still can't reproduce it. So I just the time the frame thing. that you threw out there was like a week, and and that, I think it was like a week or two. Yeah, and that's why I was like, oh, that's not that long of a time. Like you know, right? Maybe but like it was like two there was or something. There was a bunch of things happened within a couple days. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would like asked for follow up, and I just didn't get right. what I needed. Right. Like, yeah. and so. It got to the point where I was like, well, if I can't reproduce this, like, I'm just going to close it. And hopefully the fact that I closed it will, like, make someone frustrated enough that they'll go give me the actual information I need to fix the issue. Yeah. That was kind of where I was at. It was right. like, I'm frustrated that, like, everyone is like, ah, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. Here's five issues on the same thing in one day. Yeah right i'm not going to read through the issues i'm not going to see if there's duplicates of this i'm no you know it wasn't like oh i also have this issue it was like five separate issues that describe the same problem in multiple ways um and then like i follow up and no one's no one's trying to help me fix it right so no one's submitting pull requests no one's like speculating as to the source of the issue no one's doing any of the sort of open source community work of like you know helping solve the problem right it's just a bunch of people saying there is a problem um for me and i'm saying i don't have that problem uh but if you can give me enough information to figure out what problem you're actually having i'll try and fix it or you can try and fix it right um and no one gave me enough information to fix it myself and no one was trying to fix it themselves apparently and like i think a week is plenty of time to reasonably expect a response on a github issue yeah maybe. so i just left it maybe i was just like screw it it's not my problem anymore yeah. and i closed it and then later someone opened it and gave me like a full report yeah and i found it and we closed it so the value of closing the issue was in that it didn't muddy up the open issues tab well yeah and it declared my intention not to work on it gotcha yeah right yeah interesting interesting that that is valuable so if you had locked the issue that would be a problem right yeah i didn't like stop conversations on it right we're still like later when i said is this a duplicate of this then that opened up a conversation on the closed issue oh it's so funny that like a simple so one all the things going through my head you're a maintainer of an open source repository. You are God in that repository. And sure. there's something there. There's a responsibility there um, yep. that you're God and you can people, because it's open source, you're saying, use this thing and contribute to it, you know? Yep. And people do that and you can be a jerk. You can do, there are there are bad things you can do. Like that. that's good to understand, right? Yep. Like there are things that you can do that are just bad and wrong. And then there's things you can do that are good. And then there's things kind of in the middle area. And the perspective on that is so different if you're the maintainer or if you're the contributor. And there's, I don't know, the relationship dynamic between contributor maintainer is really interesting. And you're playing God and you are the only person who has the ability to use the issue being open and closed as a tool to maintain the, the repository you know right so somebody else a a contributor that's not at their disposal they can't Mm -hmm. they don't have that power and you do so you can kind Mm -hmm. of just like point your finger and zap 
an issue or or whatever and it's you exercising you know your will over over that thing i guess i'm just acknowledging mm-hmm. how powerful of like you're sending a message when you hit close you know yeah well like the only real example i can think of so like you know it's kind of a red herring to say like you can just fork it yes agreed right yes um, it's true and i think it's important that that's an ability but and they're but yes the real the you. real people who fork things are large companies right like if microsoft or amazon wants to use ziggy in one of their projects and they find an issue with ziggy they ask if i'm willing to fix it or they just decide to fix it they're going to make a fork because they're not going to wait around for me right yeah for sure right they're going to make a fork and start working from it inside of their team and if they're nice people they'll pr that fork up to my repo and say hey we ran into some issues we fixed them here you go yeah definitely um the issue is that when someone says i think there's like a false meritocracy idea in open source which is that like the best fork wins um and that like the people say well why don't you just fork it and then if people want your version then they can use your version yeah right and then obviously like i've i'm the one with all the stars i'm the one with all the downloads i've got the package namespace another fork and who's his best right exactly and the only example this is what i was thinking can you think of any example where a fork ended up like more popular than the original i wonder except for sweet alert uh, oh yeah yes well yeah right uh, I, w- I, I don't know for a fact, but isn't Lodash a fork of underscore? Or is it... Yeah, but it's a different name. It's a different everything, right? Like Okay. Well, Sweet Alert like, is as well, right? Sweet Alert 2. Sweet Alert and... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But like, if you look at it, it looks like the same guy made a better... Yeah, it is weird made like you a discover the, the old like docs and stuff and you're like, wait a minute. Did yeah. they get an upgrade? Wait, this seems like a no, downgrade. No, it's like someone got mad at Sweet Alert. Like, yeah. if you look at like the README, it's like Sweet Alert sucks, and so I made this one that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Um, I think I could be way off. I think Lodash is a fork of underscore. Okay, I believe that. And uh, I'm not really thinking of any off the top of my head. Besides that, um, I've recently uh, Morphdom is the like dom diffing patching library i'm using in um, livewire it's the same one that phoenix live view uses but the guy who wrote it pretty much doesn't maintain it like it works so it's fine i've, I've actually had yeah. i actually just pulled it down and i have my own version because yeah yeah but i i'm like this there has to be somebody using this who's moved beyond this you know and there's a fork yeah. that's better so i this is this is a tangent but I want to make like a little one-off app that you type in a repository and it tells you all the forks and sorts them by most recently contributed to and number of stars. So you can quickly find... That's a good idea. So I actually, what I ended up doing was spent the entire day learning AWK, awk or whatever, you know, like the command line program awk, like the Mm -hmm. Unix program, learned how to use awk and made, it's all in one command, a giant awk pipe that like curls the GitHub repository finds like follows the the fork link finds them all goes to each repository echoes out all their repository names followed by like the number of stars and then sorts them all and then echoes them out in the command line and i used that to 
I never did anything select. with it. It was just a super yeah. fun programming day, but I used it to find like to easily find, um, you know, if there was the a better fork, fork out there. Yeah, there wasn't. Was there? <laughs> the the actually morphed um the guy who made it. Uh, he made a framework. I'm forgetting the name of it. A JavaScript framework. It looks pretty cool, but he basically has morphed um, just as a file in a folder in the framework, and it's got a bunch of changes to it. Um, mm. So if I need like to do some serious checking on like is somebody address this problem, I'll go there and look, you know. Which is super annoying. I think that's lame, and <laughs> and I do not you like. You should that. just you should just open a PR that takes his thing and like replaces morphed um with his version of morph down from the framework yeah it's different enough because it, he like he put some framework specific stuff inside of morph down which yeah it was a huge bummer it's the same thing with uh, with um snap dom the virtual dom library that vue.js 2 uses vue.js 2 does not have snap dom as a dependency it has the files in there and then a little comment at the top that says this is snap dom <laughs> and then vue.js made That's its nice. own changes that's nice. I don't like that. But no, I'm doing that made for Liveware. I literally did that. They should have made a fork. That's what forks are for. That's true. But then it like for me with Liveware, I was like, oh, but then if I make a fork, I have to maintain like a separate folder for for my morph DOM. Like right now it's just a file and I can just pop in like a debugger line and anyway. Yep. Circling back. You were saying back. forks, red herring, gone. Well, I think that's it, man. It's like at the end of the day, it's the person who owns the repo has the power. You have the power to create a version just for yourself if you want. But if you want upstream updates, you're going to have problems down the line. And, you know, you're always going to be... You're signing up for a bunch of work when you make a fork, yeah. right? Um, and it's not like the community is going to move over to your fork right. and, like, all of the work is going to be absorbed by the community. Like, yeah. and so... There is, like, a frustration when you think you have something that's best for the framework and it doesn't get merged. Yeah. Um, but there's also just a bunch of people who, you know, it sucks to not be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the time it's not even... The, peop- the reason people get mad... The reason there's a bunch of comments about technical stuff is because people are saying this is best or not best for the community. But you can have a whole conversation about technical stuff and no one can be hurt or mad, right? The reason people get hurt and mad is because they feel like they're not being taken seriously and a few people are. And I think the reason they feel that a few people are is just because this, like, the community's like a pyramid, right? And, like, at the end of the day, like, Taylor makes the call and, you know, so it's only people who uh, are talking to Taylor are sort of influencing the decision about like what gets merged and doesn't get merged, right? Sure. Um, is that ideal that only those voices are involved? Maybe, maybe not, right? Like if you want to take the idea that like the opinion of Laravel and like the ethos of Laravel is like well-established and should be preserved, then pe- the people who are currently talking to Taylor probably have that pretty deeply embedded in them. Is that to say that no one else does have that ethos pretty firmly embedded in them? Definitely not. There's definitely people out there who aren't talking to Taylor on a daily basis who have a good idea of like what should, you know, what the vibe of the Laravel framework is and like could make a good call, right? But uh, to say that everyone who opens a PR uh, 
should have sort of equal equal access or something like 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 Taylor's somehow responsible to like have a conversation with like 20,000 people every day so that everyone's voice is equally heard surely not like I think that's ridiculous but you know that's an extreme. and I think there's an extreme on the other end that you know right very and, well and that's the thing it's like I don't see a way around the current situation I don't think Taylor is I like I don't think there's like a lot of nepotism going on you know like I think yeah, for the most he's part he's a benevolent dictator like, I mean, I believe. Yeah, I, I think he's a that, so. he's a good dude, and he's not trying to screw anyone over. You know, but there, um, you know, there's Graham Campbell, who you know it can be um, uh, abrupt, you know, yeah. at times, and has a history of doing that. And right. um, so there, you know, and he's given Graham power in the past. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know the current situation with Graham, but mm-hmm. um, there's people that he's given you know power to Dreis now, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's there's other people who can who can hit buttons and that aren't Taylor, you know? Right. And even Taylor, you know, he can, I'm sure I'd have no specific example, but I'm sure there's times where he's, you know, wrongly closed something prematurely or whatever, but it's almost like we named our podcast. No plans to merge. You know what? I can actually think of a handful of pull requests (laughs) that, uh, that he prematurely closed. So Taylor, if you're listening, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. But so I guess the, the broader discussion, there's tons of broad discussions. Thing thing that I think is interesting that you touched on, right? So like there's this this ideal that can't we have a technical discussion and not get mad about it? Right? Yeah. I don't know if that that's a tricky one because one, so l- let's just pretend that this happened, that somebody came right. and disagreed with something. And a maintainer got defensive and projected other other dynamics onto this scenario and right. thought you're and labeled them like when i started to tell you the story and you didn't know the full story and you didn't read the thing but you said oh yeah okay another toxic person who's yelling mm-hmm. laravel elite and being a jerk and they got mm-hmm. you know shut down and now they're mad and they're causing a coup right like mm-hmm. but what about somebody who just disagrees and then gets wrongly labeled as somebody who's starting a fight you know like what totally yeah where is Both the place for for disagreement what what are the tolerances for for arguing with people you know and then and there's always emotion involved like right well on both ends it's crazy this is um this is one of the things matt does well i think is he goes into an issue where someone's mad and he types out a response hits every possible disclaimer right like like I'm aware that English might not be your first language and so you you may be coming off as angry to me but you may not actually be angry so I want to you know I want to yeah I don't know rec- I, like th- I, when I like, hear that th- dude, I think like I'm picturing somebody in person who's like it, it can feel condescending you know right but it's not, that's the whole thing is that it's not in person if it was in person you would already know if the person was mad. sure right 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 and so like that's the thing is like there is something to be said for in like github issue responses in particular just assuming that the other person isn't mad um and writing like i'm not mad i hope you're not mad you seem mad but i understand that you might not actually be mad yeah i I don't know so there's some part of me that's like 
that's just a bunch of BS because we know they're mad. Well, yeah, but like, and they if you know look at that the re- you know, if you look and at you're the... mad, and you're pretending you're not. And I'm not sorry, Matt. I, right, I'm but not if you look saying... at the results, right? Those those threads rarely explode into toxic scream fests. True, you know that's very true. So like the re- there are positive results to it. Whether you think like that's, that's a really good point. Whether you think like I you know like I'm gonna feel like you know like I'm condescending to someone if I write a bunch of like well in, or indirect or something like yeah like or if you say that you know I didn't interpret it that way but I'm wondering if that was the case like you know where in reality like anybody reading something like that would be like oh this dude's pissed and i'm pissed now and you know yeah so but i think you're right, i though, think it does result in better better outcomes yeah i think you're right so maybe in this instance if everyone had been a little bit more like like caught it early you know the... careful with each other's feelings and gave everyone That's the benefit so of the doubt crazy and... how important feelings are in maintaining feelings are software. huge well it's egos like we're egos yeah, exactly we're full of ego I think we're all arrogant ego, but yeah but yeah but like programmers especially i don't I think. know i think Dude, it's trait. the insecurity it's the insecurity the insecurity of being a programmer like realizing how much you don't know right and then you've got like this one thing that you do think you know pretty well, right? And if I did like, for example, whatever the thing is, right? But it's like, let's, let's grab something that I think, what's something that you think you know really well? Like t- 90th percentile. Um, I'm really good at um, writing for each loops. Okay. So <laughs> like best, loops. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at conditionals. Okay, yeah, love them. Gotta love. No, I don't know. What am I good at? So, you want me to um, say something that I'm I'm, I'm good know. at Dusk. I know Dusk really well. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're like one of the preeminent brains in the Dusk space, right? Like you know Dusk as well as anyone knows Dusk. I've taught Taylor um, everything he knows about Dusk. Yes. So you go in, you open a pull request on Dusk, right? Yeah. And you know why this is important. You know all the backstory. You've read all of the source code, blah, 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 blah. You know. You're right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. someone comes along and says something stupid in response to your thing that feels dismissive and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it feels like, all right, if I know anything, I know this. You know? I may not be... You know, I may not know uh, whatever functional programming super well. I may not have a total grasp on how Webpack works. Uh, I may not feel confident building a mobile app, right? All these things that make me feel like not a real programmer some days, you know? But God damn it, I know one thing and it's, I've read the hell out of the Dusk source code and I know how it works and I know why it works and I know that this is a problem and I know the answer to it and you're being really dismissive of the one thing where I feel like super competent. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And like that's where the ego gets hurt, right? Sure. Is like like we have all this insecurity about all the things that we don't know. So when we do know something and someone disagrees with us on that one thing, it's like, whoa, 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 that's like my, that is the bulwark around my safety and security as a programmer. Sure. Like, that's the thing that makes me come to work every day and be like, I'm a goddamn professional, you know? Yeah. And when someone starts threatening that, it's like, wait, am I just a hack? Has this whole thing been a, you know, yeah. been a scam? Have I been scamming people out of my salary for the past however many years, you know? 
And uh, so I think that's where the egos come from. And that's why. And then it eventually just becomes habit of like, I don't like being wrong. I don't like being wrong. I don't like being wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think the. I think the baseline of that is like there's too much to know for anyone to know at all. And so when you know something well, you just have you like feel like you have to defend it so that you can feel secure in who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I um right, like you were saying that it that it might be heightened in programming because of how much there is to not know. And how often you're confronted with how much you don't know. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think like any, well, right. So that obviously ego dynamics are anywhere. Um, and I guess I don't know any other trade well enough to know. The only thing that I'm thinking of is my brother is a HVAC technician. Um, right. And like anytime I, like just being exposed to that world, um, like the the trades, and I have friends right. who are like plumbers and construction workers and stuff like that. There is more ego involved than I've, than like, I couldn't even, I can't imagine being in that environment where it's almost right, all men right, right. and they have no like, you know, uh, like social justice, uh, people on Twitter, like keeping everybody in line with their, like, uh, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it's such a different world. It's un unbelievable. It's like like when you watch Mad Men and you're like, well, oh, man, it's like, everybody it's like was a so... ton of masculine energy in a context where no one's using the phrase toxic masculinity. Exactly. Like it's not even right. a word that's being said, and right. people and everybody the the, the uh, yeah. The, I I was about to use a bunch of metaphors that are extremely masculine, <laughs> like to, extremely <laughs> toxic masculinity, <laughs> where everybody's uh. Uh, comparing themselves to each other um yeah <laughs> everyone's making a comparison making, to, the to the size of, of their, their intellect um, yeah yes like and it's constant and there's so much of that and so i don't know i th- I'm, when i talk to him i'm like dude my world is so different than yours like we have very different worlds we're both working on a trade we both are like you know he has like classes that he goes to he has to keep like certified and he reads these books and he has to know all the mm-hmm. stuff and it's it's equal it, from what where i'm standing it's it's the same thing like we both are we both have to get a job done there's engineering involved there's problem solving everything every time is completely different there's scales from like simple to complex there's internal uh qual like quality of an internal system quality of an ex- you know like all of those things a clients he works for basically an agency you know like there's all these mm-hmm. these like he works for a union, but you know right. his his uh, sh- any HVAC shop is you know and it's an agent it's like a web agency right. you know they right. bill clients and there's all that stuff so anyway tangent but um but from where I'm standing I guess I I think I I just think that that uh, programming is not particular like that maybe the internet has some specific flavors and in that sense yeah this programming discourse because it's almost always happening on paper that it there, right. there's so much loss there yeah. that just people just, I mean it's like YouTube comments you know it's like well and people start to see other people as like technical positions instead of people right sure yeah and so you can become like you can feel like oh I defeated that position you know yeah like I've proven my position correct and then they're coming back again it's like, and you start to get angry and it's like a whole thing. 
Yeah. I've seen it happen many times. I've done it a few times. I guess I just don't want arguments to stop. And I don't want people like I like the guy who did that huge monologue about the Laravel elite and all that stuff. I want mm-hmm. him to say that. Like I read that mm-hmm. and I'm like, if I'm let's put all our egos aside. I mm-hmm. think there's probably some valid things there that I could yeah, use to hear. Sure. You know, I think there's well, and that's like the whole thing that I was talking about, about like Rails versus Laravel. It's like it's a trade off for sure. Yeah. You know, yep. like is there now the real question is like, is there a way that we can like continue to have the thing that we have, which is like everything goes through the brain of Taylor without right. having and, yeah. people feel so excluded. And the answer is that situations like this where stuff hits the fan and then people pick up the pieces responsibly and professionally and we learn from it and we grow and the whole thing just gets better and better. Yep. Yeah, the process. So what happened the other day, the process. I officially applaud all parties involved because and somebody did write this like nice little piece in it it's like this is a, a this is a win for humanity right here like the yeah. way this all kind of settled out so um yeah there's so many open source things that that uh like like if somebody like let's say let's say somebody opens a pull request or let's say somebody yeah let's say somebody opens a pull request and they just put blood sweat and tears into the pull request and it's yep. it's big and it's beefy and let's even say it's well written but they never asked yep. if it was warranted yep and if i now i have like a decision to make i could yep. close this because let's say i want to close it but this person just put all this work into it you know that's a dynamic i don't for sure that's another di- i don't know i'm just saying other well and that's why i think people are so heavy on please open an issue before you open a pull request. Yeah, it's such an important lesson that I, I think I have to remind myself like, well, one, I need to have it somewhere, that knowledge available to them somewhere so that I'm not assuming they have that knowledge, like in a, right. in a stock pull request message, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I should add that. Yeah, that's a good, there should be an open source maintainers manual. That's like, Here's here's all the dilemmas you're going to run into, and here's the ways that you can, you know. We should write it. That should be a blog post. It should be a blog post. Maybe I'll write that blog post. I need, I need to write some blog posts. It's interesting because it there's pe- there's so many people who are more qualified to write it than us. Yeah, but we're doing it just <laughs> as much as anyone else is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should write it. We should. I mean, we should get the conversation yeah. started. Really, really, I want like, you know, big people to write it. You know, I want like Taylor and Adam and, you know, Evan and, you know, all of those folks to go in a room yep. and uh, have a have a conference of open source maintainers and come out with like a set of recommendations. Yep. I don't think that's going to happen, though. So I'm gonna, I might just write up like what I think or maybe I won't. I don't know. Who knows? If I don't, don't get mad at me. I don't make promises on here. I make ideas. <laughs> yeah. So maybe some quick takeaways would be, at least for me, um, I like what you said about about like Matt's Matt's stock response to like if somebody's being inflammatory, rather than yeah. like pretending they're not being inflammatory and potentially like allowing people to just be hotheads in in other spaces, addressing it, giving them the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully diffusing that quickly. And giving them, that's what it does. This is like um, etiquette, like uh, Emily, uh, Emily Post. Like, Emily Post? Yeah, like etiquette 101, right? Like give 
give someone uh, a gr- what is it like like a- allow them to decline gracefully or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or allow like giving them the out like not painting yeah. them in a corner and being like you're being inflammatory blah, blah, blah. and then they either have to yell back at you or apologize and eat all that yeah. you know crow is that the the yep. sanitized saying okay uh-huh. um yeah so but yeah if you give them an out where they're, told, they're like oh you're right it was a miscommunication now they aren't an asshole and you're not a bad person and everyone can just go on with like oh cool we had a little hiccup and now we move on yeah definitely so giving giving um inflammation uh 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 the benefit of the doubt giving them and like an escape valve an escape basically. valve where they can go oh, you know what i want to dial i want to i want to go back on this and i have the perfect opportunity to not look like an idiot and undo mm-hmm. this work and be on that and be on the team um yeah. yeah so that that's great when that happens having a stock message in pull requests for every repository that's like hey you know one if this is well whatever basically the most important thing i can see to put there would be i mean the obvious stuff like include the steps for me to pull this in or make did you add tests stuff like that but um but saying uh you know put put an issue first and make sure that we want this before you put a bunch of effort into it right you know um that's a good one yeah and then the closing thing i don't know i i just definitely consolidating duplicate issues but keeping them open i don't know but but you're right locking them is is something that I'm not saying that people shouldn't lock them, but that is that's a real power move. Where closing it's a move. is not. Yeah, locking is definitely it signals something. Yep. Even I mean, right? closing it, does, but locking like enforces. Yeah, like closing a, it's like I use closing all, liberally. I close shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I try not to because most of my motivation for closing stuff is because I want something organized better. But I know uh-huh. as a as a user of a repository. I think that's fine motivation. What's wrong with that motivation? Well, what goes through your head when you when you encounter all right, you, you encounter some issue, a real life issue in some package, and you Google uh-huh. for it, and then the issue comes up. You see red or green. What goes mm-hmm. through your head if the issue is let's start with green? What goes through your head? Mm-hmm. I'm a very good boy. Why? <laughs> because it's like, oh, good. Like this is gonna get merged. So, to re Wait. to make sure we're on the same page, we're, we're using Laravel. Something in Laravel is clearly broken. You uh-huh. Google for it. It's a specific error message, super specific. You uh-huh. find the exact issue that describes your problem exactly. Uh huh. And it's green, meaning it's open. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What? How do you feel? Uh, like this should be dealt with. Okay. All right. Like, why, if they know about this, why haven't they done something about right, this? Right, okay. And then if it's uh-huh. red, how do you feel? Uh, that if when I scroll down, I'm probably going to find a solution in the comments. <laughs> right? So, all right. This is great because that's exactly how I feel. If it's green, I go, I go, oh, shoot. Like, this isn't resolved. Like, I have this problem. Yeah. Why is this green? Mm-hmm. If it's red, I go, ooh, there's a pretty good chance that this is fixed. Or mm-hmm. there's that tiny chance that it's not, and some jerk of a maintainer closed it to check off a to-do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, here's... I was kicked out of college. <laughs> and when I was... Sorry, my wife just walks in with a mason jar full of fish. 
Ooh, what kind of fish? tadpoles? Tadpoles, like live tadpoles. Live tadpoles from the creek behind your house. I'm I'm recording a podcast, but um, okay. I I now have I've been given tadpoles, so I've got tadpoles with on. me as I'm making my point. Nice. Go on. I was kicked out of college. <laughs> yeah. And when I was kicked out of college, the dean of students at the college uh, said, we never kick anyone out without a path home. Hmm. Right? They're, what we're, we're not saying never come back. Yeah. What we're saying is, we don't want you here now. <laughs> um, and this is what it would take for you to come back. Gotcha. And if you want to go off into the world and make those changes and come back like you're welcome here um but this is what it would look like so i try and never close an issue without a path to redemption gotcha right like i don't just close issues without comment yeah if i'm closing an issue i'm saying this is why this issue is getting closed either it's not reproducible please like i often use the phrase please reopen if or please reopen when same yeah in my closing of issues yeah totally and so like i'm not like at a certain point organization matters yeah you know definitely and you can't just have a bunch of open issues um and if there's issues where i can't do anything about this for you or uh this is too specific and i'm not willing to put in the work to fix it um because it's only going to affect you and like one other person um but it's going to be a ton of work any of those types of things where i'm like i would accept a pull request on this but i'm not going to write it which is a common one yep um same things like that like that's how i close things i'm like okay i'm closing this because i'm not going to build this but if you want to build this like i would accept a pr right or i'll say i'm closing this because i'm unable to replicate it but if you can give me specific instructions on how to replicate it please reopen like i'm never just closing with like ha ha and then like (laughs) press and close you know um and i think that's the to me like that's what i want you know like if i'm because the worst feeling is like having something closed that you worked really hard on and just knowing like it's going to go nowhere yeah you know and sometimes i have to do that but it's much rarer than just like someone opened an issue and then forgot they were having a conversation for a month (laughs) yeah and now i'm closing it that's very reasonable yeah yeah so i guess the the two counterpoints would be i i agree with you but the arguments on the other end are that whenever an issue is closed and not resolved in some way it it feels bad to the person who is looking at it it sends a message of the person who finds it by the person who finds it by google it sends this message of like oh well this you know i could reopen it and do that whole thing but that would be that would take agency on their end you know and it, it, it would take some work and effort and putting themselves out there and it definitely sends a message of like i'm closing this you know this is like out of my head and out of our collective brain for now um, mm-hmm. which I believe you're right, that it is very easily outweighed by the benefits. Um, and then I can also see, I tried early on to stop wanting inbox zero on pull requests and issues because yep. I think that 
creates like a bad motivation, you know? So as long as like the goal is organization and not like, as long as there's no goal of like, oh, my package has zero issues and zero pull requests. Because if you get into that, then you start closing stuff prematurely just to serve some like productivity God. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you though. Word. Open source. Any other dilemmas we need to cover? Nope. Not that I can think of. Um, the The word dilemma is a great word because it includes the word, like, it includes die. Like it means like between two things. Mm. Mm-hmm you know yeah and like i don't know i like it it's like a nice and specific word that's i was just talking about that with someone earlier this week and here you have used it and i appreciate it dilemma i digress you could have a trilemma I digest trilemma <laughs> that i had a trilemma on ziggy one time yeah yeah we were gonna we were either gonna stay with webpack we're going to update, we're going to go to Bubble or Buble, mm. or we're going to go to Roll Up. Okay. So there was a trilemma. That is a trilemma. Or a monolemma is a, a decision. Between, no, That's die decision. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's decision. Nice. No, die decision. It's decision. I no, like, decision. I, let's just roll with it. Um, one thing I, I want to say that I wrote down in a note here that I learned maintaining open source, like everyone, I think it's valuable to maintain open source for this reason that you learn that you're actually donating a ton of time and effort to something. Yep. <laughs> like you're actually yep. just spending so much time for free and giving it away. And once you have that experience, you have so much more grace for, for these people you know, for maintainers before totally. I did not have as much grace for maintainers and, and specifically, well, yeah, I didn't have as much grace for maintainers. And now I'm like, I get it now. I get what they're yeah. saying. Like it's I would hear things there. like, like, like when Taylor charged for spark, when it was originally open source, then he took it down, yep. he rewrote it and he charged for it. And tons of people were, were upset about it. Yep. And I had to like reconcile that in my head. I'm like, that really does feel off to me. And there's sort of this idea that like open source is payment and in itself, like it's somehow, sure. you know, the fact that we sure. all use it as your payment, right? Which is uh, not the case. So, no. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah, what do you got? If you had a mason jar on your desk with about eighteen tadpoles on it, what would you assume that the plan was for that? To raise them as my own. Frogs. Yeah. You think we're gonna raise frogs <laughs> in this house? <laughs> Let's see. Um, I'm guessing Charlotte took a walk down to the creek, and I'm guessing uh -huh. Charlotte is like I don't know her too well, but I'm uh -huh. guessing that she's um, she's friend to all animals. Yes, that's what I picture, and I picture her being very like finding it fun to get her hands a little dirty and mm -hmm. scoop up some tadpoles. Like maybe she went to a camp. But did she a take creek. a walk with a mason jar? That's a question. <laughs> that's a question maybe she was out for fireflies and realized it was daytime uh -huh. and so switched it <laughs> whoopsie daisy tadpoles the fireflies of the day you're right though she probably went back for that mason jar why does she yeah. want is it for her students maybe it could be for her students here's what i know i've got probably somewhere around about 15 to 20 tadpoles in a mason jar on my desk 
And I don't know what the life cycle of these baby frogs is going to be, but... You are God now. Uh, yeah. Do I close this issue or do I merge? Do you dump it? <laughs> or do you see it through? Uh, uh, no plans to merge. No plans to merge no plans these temples to, into my life. To merge. Oh, run free. Dump them all run out. Run free. Street. Oh, oh. I mean, they're cute. But it's like tadpoles become frogs. They do. And they pee Who, on you. Whose who's frogs is these? They're yours now. <laughs> oh. oh, happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, decol. Let's wrap it. Wrap it up. Yo, but seriously, people, people who listen to the show, if you made it this far, you really like us. I'm going to um, split it into two episodes. Good. Yeah. I agree. Let's call it part one and part two. We've never done that. We'll see. <laughs> no, let's do it. Let's call sure? it a two-parter. I, People are more likely to listen to it. In my mind, I had... Well, like... Right. What would it be? Like, let's say we call it open source part one and part two. Part mm-hmm. one is us catching up with each other and playing a game. Part mm-hmm. two is us talking about open source, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. probably better part one, part twos to do. That's fair enough. Um, true very true what we gotta like we gotta pimp the uh, iTunes ratings we got nothing do it sell it two ratings I think sell it right now listener listen here's the deal new podcasts new feed what that means is new iTunes ratings Uh, right now I think we got two we got me I rated our own podcast, so I gave it five stars. And then we've got uh, my coworker, Jake Bathman, good friend, friend of the show, also gave us five stars. Here's the thing about that. My name is on the podcast, so they're going to see, okay, one of these reviews is from the guy who makes the podcast, right? And then they're, Daniel the other, there's just one more, and it's from Jake Bathman. And they're going to be like, is that really his last name, Bathman? Yeah, and it's not. Um, it's Batman. So here's what we need. We need you. You. I'm I'm talking to you. Can we raise the stakes? Random here, how, Australian developer. How do we guarantee yeah. that everyone listening to this podcast will rate us on iTunes? If you rate us on iTunes and you tweet me a screenshot of your iTunes rating, I will at least retweet it. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. What, what can we do? I mean, I don't want to... Here's the thing. I don't want to violate any terms of service here. I don't want to I don't want to bribe people specifically for the ratings. But maybe oh, really? we should just bribe them. Why not? If you iTunes rate us mm-hmm. and tweet at us... Uh-huh. Uh, what do we could do we give send them? like a video of us singing a song. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Within... um. Within one week of you tweeting me a picture of your iTunes review, either Caleb or I will record a video singing, oh, oh, um, you know the like, Daniel, Daniel, Bobaniel, Banana Fan, Fofaniel, Fifi, <laughs> Fofaniel, Daniel, we will sing that song with your name in it to you in a video which we will then tweet 
I will so, sing. Do, I'm gonna not do that song. Okay, you have a better. I song? don't know it well enough. Uh huh. So I'll just pick a random pop song and put your name into it and play it with a guitar. Ooh, you're doing it with a guitar. Yeah. All right. See, so anyway, things are gonna go well for you if you review this podcast <laughs> uh, and tweet us that you're gonna get some content. Yo, can we real quick talk about uh, Taylor's birthday gift to Adam? Yeah, we can. <laughs> it was beautiful. That's all we Catch have to say. Catch the listener up. Uh huh. Uh, I don't actually know which wrestler it was because I grew up in Japan and I don't know wrestling. <laughs> but I just didn't watch wrestling. So I apparently I Google it to find out who it was. Uh, apparently, uh, Taylor somehow tracks down a wrestler of whom Adam Wathen is a fan and got a, a special birthday greeting recorded and posted to twitter and it was very cool yes and i so i saw that and i was like that's crazy and i thought is this one of those like taylor and adam are rich and they're friends so they buy each other like i don't know or expensive things yeah well right first i'm like does taylor really have like friends in high places and like adam knows that and whatever but then i was like i bet he paid this guy to do that once i found out he was like a wrestler and can't possibly know anything about adam or tailwind but um right but I'm like, he paid this guy. And I'm like, that's cool. And so then I Googled and found this app called Cameo, mm-hmm. uh, a site called Cameo, I think, where there's a bunch of like mid-level celebrities, like um, a bunch of the office crew, like Kevin Malone from The Office and a mm-hmm. bunch of people like that uh, are on there. And you can pay them whatever fee, like between 30 and like $1,000 to to record a message and send it to you, whatever you want so that's awesome must, i don't know if if he did that on cameo but i don't know that was cool that's a great birthday gift oh, yeah, i started for scouring sure. for my wife like are there any hair the lead person in hairspray was the best i could do nice so anyway <sighs> i'll let you go here decal as much as i like no, i'm gonna let you go caleb nope no you're not yeah i'm gonna go ahead and let you go do not let me go you've been let go we're going to have to let you go. Oh. Uh, Is the podcast over? Yes.